On this episode of Scammer Stories, the most difficult for me so far, a story that sparked my passion for this podcast, my mother's story that I couldn't share until now after her death just two weeks ago. You see, my mother, Sherry Tyson, was a money mule after falling victim to a romance scammer in 2017. I didn't want to share the details of her story because I was afraid she could go to jail. It turns out I had no idea how deep she was really in. I look back now on the last time I saw my mom right after she met a man named Gerald online. The year before, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and had surgery to try and remove what they could before starting chemo. She just told me about Gerald when she flew from Jackson, Mississippi to Tulsa, Oklahoma for a visit in my new house in a suburb. I didn't know it was goodbye. So now fast forward to about a month or two ago. Mom asked me for $200 for a doctor's appointment the next week. I wouldn't send her the money because I didn't know where it'd go. I told her I'd send her the money only if she gave me an interview. She agreed, and I overnighted the money. It turns out she did need that $200 for the next doctor's visit. I felt awful until I discovered on her phone that she was still sending money to her scammer until the day she died. After our interview, I felt like she was fairly open and honest. Now, I know she had so many secrets. You'll notice I had to tread lightly here. After all, she was my mother, and she was in a lot of pain, coupled with nausea after the doctor abruptly ended her fourth round of chemo and said she only had a few months left. If it sounds a little awkward, it was. I only had one or two phone conversations with mom since the scammer thing blew up the night she sent me a text saying that she'd been taken for $200,000. Hey, Mom, how you feeling? Uh, not too good today. How was your day? It was okay. Well, it looks like your scammers thing's going pretty good. Well, I think that's wonderful. Well, thank you, Mom. It's just getting to be such a big deal. Come on, let's do something about it now. Mm-hmm. Not uh, our people, but the government and the mm-hmm. law enforcement, the judicial system. Nothing's done. I mean, they just, okay, poor lady. Goodbye. Mom was kind of dancing around the subject of her scammer, as you can tell. She wasn't thrilled I planned to ask her questions. She talked like she hated the scammers and what they were doing to victims. Has anybody been taken to a court and charged? The ones that here in the States. Okay, so all these Nigerians that are doing all this bad stuff, we can't do anything about it unless we press the Nigerian government Uh to do something on their end. Yeah, and they've started doing some, but still. I wonder if she asked me this to put her scammer at ease. I'll never know. Such a poor country. I just can't see them doing very much. I really can't. And it's hard to get any information about them. I know that for a fact. Now I call it the scammer's handbook because they all do the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. The picture Gerald used was of a motivational speaker in California. I see it now with Gerald Mm -hmm. that I didn't see before. They all do the same thing. Do they have a class? They (laughs) share documents online. And yeah, they do have a class. (laughs) How do you teach somebody to talk that nice to people, that sweet and romantically to people? That's just not on every man's tip of his tongue. I asked Gerald one day if he was the head of it, if he was the one teaching the script. He said, I am not scamming you. I said, okay. It was so hard for me to bite my tongue here. So he still hasn't confessed. No, because his thing has always been since the beginning, it's alone. He even wrote me a page that said, I owe you, Sherry Tyson, da-da-da-da-da, and I owe you. His premise has always been he's going to pay it back. 
I chose to take my journalism hat off and react like her daughter. Remember, she was almost dead. Do you think that you've been talking to the same person the whole time, or do you think that you've been talking to multiple people? Because he talks to you all day and all night. How can someone stay up that late? Uh, no, he doesn't. Uh-uh. No, it's at different times because of the time change. I've wondered that at times myself because I've told him things, and then the next time I talk to him, he's it's as if he's forgotten. And then but sometimes he's sweet, and sometimes he gets mad. Nope. Mm-mm. He's never once gotten mad at me. Most scammers get nasty when the victim won't do what they want. This means she must have done everything he asked. Except um, I ran his picture through a program that I found, the pictures that he was sending me, and it was uh, Reggie Lacina's picture. So I confronted him with that. What did he say? Don't mention that name ever again. And I said, Jeff, I can't trust you. I'm not even talking to the man that's in the picture. And then... I kept saying, I can't talk to you until I have your real picture. Gerald planned several trips to see my mom. She even sent money for the plane ticket. Of course, he never showed up, and she was crushed every single time. She even put off spending holidays with me and my brother because she thought he was coming. And I said, what were you going to do when you came here on June the 13th, and uh, you weren't the picture that I had? I would have been a surprise. There's an answer for everything, you know. And Kelly and I decided then he was never coming here for sure. The last time he was supposed to visit, mom had moved in with her sister Kelly in Mobile, Alabama. I knew then. Now he showed me a plane ticket to Mobile, but they can fake everything. I mean, we talked on Skype with this Reggie Lucina's face. I asked mom about the real man in the picture. I wanted to know how much digging she had done. Reggie Lucina is a, he's a lecturer and he is a building inspector, and he's written a series of books on how to get along with the building inspectors, how to change your life and take the worst part of your life and use that as energy to make a better part of your life. But he's in a great big group out in California, and uh, every picture that Gerald sent me, I can find one on Reggie's information. Now, I'm surprised that you're even doing that. Why? The last time I saw my mom at my house, I did a reverse image search of the contract he showed her for $1 million. Well, you remember that night I came to you in the guest room and I told Mm -hmm. you I took the certificate Mm -hmm. and I ran it through a Google reverse image search and you didn't want me to do that. I'm glad you did. And I said, we ran, I didn't say you, I said, we ran the certificate of your job that you got through the program and it's a fake. Oh, no, it's not. Mom likes to pretend she sheltered me from her scammer. That was a lie. She sent him pictures of me and everyone else in our family. What was the one thing that happened that made you realize it was a scam? When he didn't come this last time. Did you run the picture before or after that? Oh, yes. I had done that before. Okay. So you still thought... No, I didn't still think he was... I didn't know. I just... All I knew, April, I wanted to hang on to see if I did ever get my money back. That's the only reason. I'm not sure I believe that. He was her companion. All of her entertainment was surrounded around his calls and texts. And why would somebody call you when they know they've gotten all your money? That's what I couldn't figure out. And I wanted to find out more about this Reggie Racina guy. I thought maybe eventually I'd get more questions answered. I still wish I could track and know where he is, really. I think I'd be surprised. Has he ever admitted anything about his real self, like his age or where he really lived? Oh, yeah. what did he say? I said, well, are you 65? And he said, yes. He did send me some more pictures, but I don't have that information. I don't have that program anymore. I can't remember which one I used. He says that it's really him because I told him I wasn't going to talk to him anymore. I didn't want to talk to somebody that I didn't know what they look like. 
Scammers are liars, period. That's how they make money. And they're really good at hiding the truth. There were seeds of doubt, but you overlook it because you're having such a good time. Yeah, I've never seen you so happy. And see, that's one of the things. I just want to make you happy. I just want to make you happy. Bingo. See, that's the real reason men and women get so sucked in. Well, see, now he's been in China for two years, has no money to come home. Can't get it from me. I don't have it. But he's got his $3,200,000 check from this last project. But he can't get it cashed over there. And he has no cash to get home to get it cashed. Hey, Scammer Warriors, this is a pretty heavy topic. Let's take a quick break for the sponsor of this episode. It's called Best Fiends. The game is a lot safer than talking to scammers online. I think it's right up your alley. I've got a long car ride to mom's service coming up, and I'm going to take Best Fiends along. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends, without the R, best fiends. Now we get into the story he told her. First, it was Turkey. He couldn't get home because he ran into emeralds in his diamond mine and it slowed him down. Then he accidentally killed a man in a car crash. Now, China? Mom, man, I love my mother, but she's clearly not thinking clearly. I don't know if it's chemo brain, dementia or what, but this is not the mother I knew. This is the story now, and um, he can't find anybody to loan him the money to get him home. See, and it's gone on two years. With everything I brought up that he tried, he says it won't work, so I quit. He's not coming here anyway, but I would like to know if that's where he is. And I don't know how to do that unless you hire a private detective or something, right? Right. He won't tell me the name of the hotel he's staying in because I said to him one time, I said, if something happens to you and I don't hear from you, there's no way of knowing if something's happened to you. Well, I suspect that part of the reason that you're still talking to him partly is to get the money back, but partly because you're not feeling good, you're by yourself most of the time, and he keeps you company. Yeah, but it's me that does all the talking. I get bored. He tried to call today, and I just told him I didn't feel well, so we didn't talk to him. I don't know. It probably, in the beginning, yeah, but now I just want to keep my finger in there and see if I can figure out anything else. And, you know, some of the sweet stuff... I should be there going to your chemo appointments with you, holding your hand through all of this. And I, I just feel so bad. And I feel so bad I've got you in this financial situation. You could say anything and not mean it. And, oh, yeah, he does. He has a son. He had told me before he had a son in Australia that has uh, cerebral palsy. And the son is 26. Now, that's continued because he's tried to get money from the son to pay his hotel bill. So he said. You think he sounds 65 on the phone? Do I think he sounds 65? Yeah. Well, you know, those Indians have a funny high-pitched voice anyway. Oh, Lord. Mom doesn't uh, actually know a lot of people from India, so sorry if this is offensive. But I wanted to leave it in so you could see her thought process. But when I talked to him, he just sounded really young. You know, when I found out he was using somebody's identity, that's what he's doing. I said, now, don't tell me you're a little old man. It's all wrinkly, uh, just all wrinkly and has this peepy, high-pitched voice. There was stuff there that I just didn't want to admit that was there. You know, like your girls have said. Like when he uh, messed up the computer, one of his guys hit the computer off of the uh, table and was all smashed up. And he sent me a picture of it. But it was a picture they use on the Internet. She still sent him a new one. Her other sister, Robin, wasn't thrilled. And Robin said something about it. She said, Sherry, they all do that. I said, okay. Yeah, that's when you sent him the computer. That's what you're talking about. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now you're going to hear the night mom came clean to me and my brother, Shad. Go through, okay, the night that you sent Shad and I the text message. About? Saying, he's a scammer. He took my money. You got to come get me. Remember that night? Yeah. Up until that point, you'd been hanging on that he was real to me. And then all of a sudden, you decided to kind of come clean. What made you do that? Oh, that may have been when I kicked him to the curb. I wrote him an email and told him it was done. What made you do that? I don't know. I just felt. You know, to be over there that long and not be able to get funded to come home. See, that's always been in the back of my mind. What the hell? I think it was then. This has just gone on too long. You know, my life's short enough and I don't need to be worrying about him. That kind of changed everything. And then because I got online, I was still online with plenty of fish. Nobody needs to go to that site. And um, I got to talking to this one guy. This was the first time I heard about this scammer. I didn't know she was still online. And he started using the playbook. Of course, I didn't know it was a book then. And I kicked him to the curb. I said, you're nothing but a scammer. And all you're after is you want my money and I have none. Goodbye. Oh, he wrote me back a flaming email. He was nasty. Mm-hmm. I don't want your money. You know, what you would expect them to say. So then I laid off. And then this, um, I got this other guy. And he was nice. And he wanted to see me. And then all of a sudden, he had to go out of town. Is that the playbook? Yep. At Christmas time. Yep. And I just talked to him a couple of times. Then he calls me and he says he's got to go to London to present a proposal. So there it was. You know, there he left. He kept asking me for money that I didn't have. And he would write me songs. He would call me. And uh, writing poems. Every day I got a new poem. His deal was, April, he was on his way home and he had an accident. And he hit a pedestrian. So he was in jail because he'd been drinking. This is the exact same story that Gerald told her. And so it went on and on and on. Here's a guy that's supposed to be a president of some big company that can't get money to get out of jail. Now, they did not prosecute him. And he was paying money to this woman's parents. It was touch and go. By this point, I'm sure you're noticing what I noticed in the beginning. Mom's talking about these stories like they're real. And after that, he just he kept asking for money. And of course, I didn't have any to give him. Said he was living at the jail because he didn't have any money to stay anywhere else. The hotel had kicked him out. Yeah, because you can go back to jail if the hotel kicks you out, right? But you never heard one like that, have you? It reminds me of the night we were sitting at my kitchen island and she was telling me the crazy story about Gerald. I remember you telling me this when you were here and I had to really, really bite my tongue. <laughs> Yeah. And then when I would sneak in a, a dig here and there, you didn't like it. Yeah, I don't know what you could have done. People email me all the time asking what they can say to their mother. What should I say? I don't know. She took some time to think about this. What could I have said to make her stop? She never could think of anything. I can't either. People always think they have the answer for me. Just tell her this or tell her that is what people would say. Even other women who are victims. It doesn't work. I even stopped telling people I know in person because I got tired of the responses. It's like if you had a drug addict in the family and you tried everything, said everything. So the next question is something I'd been wondering about for a while. Why was she spending so much time on chemo treatments that made her so sick that she couldn't even leave the chair for years instead of spending the time she had left feeling good and making new memories with me and my brother? One thing I kind of worry about is how much influence he's had on the decisions you're making about your health. You're on your fourth treatment now, right? 
Yeah. I mean, you didn't ask me what I thought. You didn't ask Shad what he thought. Did you ask Aunt Kelly or Aunt Robin what they thought about you doing this new treatment? If I'm so sick all the time, I don't have any life. That's what I'm saying, Mom. I don't, will this treatment even work? I hate to just give it up. This addiction to her scammer goes way back to her childhood. She never could please her father. That chubby little girl who got scolded for seconds at the dinner table never did find exactly what she was looking for. You and I have talked about you being codependent. Oh, yeah. I think that's part of the reason that you got involved with the scammer, too. Maybe. Her parents raised her to feel like material items meant something. The car you drive, the clothes you wear. My grandparents didn't spend quality time with my mom and aunts like parents do now. Mom never had a doting mother and father who took them on trips to Disney World or just played with them. Have heart to heart. I know when I first started out being online, my thought was, okay, I'm looking at the end of my life and I want to have fun, but I want a man included. I want somebody to take me to dinner, call me on the phone, go to the movies, somebody to do stuff with. And I just, I wanted to be a man. And that's where it got started. And then you get these guys that are saying sweet nothings in your ear. It's hard to turn them away. You wanted a man with money because there was that one guy in the trailer and you didn't like him. And I was all for it. <laughs> he sounds more and more attractive to me all the time. He was a honest person. He was a, a good person to me, but he wanted to screw everything that came down the road. Mm. That's the reason I didn't pursue that more. Mm-hmm. Still a better. <laughs> yeah, in the long run, heck yes. <laughs> Poor G and I could have had a good time on that money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's got to make you sick, Mom. Yeah, it does. No, I'm getting it back, you know. (laughs) (laughs) There's another idea people would bring my attention to that I had to ask. He would put money in your account sometimes. See, I thought it'd be cool to just take that money and run. And then it wasn't good and they pulled it back. The bank did. None of his money that he gave me stuck. None of it. Now, did the bank ever say anything to you when you'd go into the bank? What'd they say? Yeah, I can't go to Trustmark anymore. You got kicked out of Trustmark. Yep. What did they say to you? Well, I owed them money that I couldn't pay them, just like the credit cards. They've taken me to court, and I have a judgment against me. I tried to pay some of them. Mm-hmm. For a living, that's what you did is keep track of money. Yeah, I kept track of it all right. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always talking about we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Because he knows that you believe in that. But you asked me what uh, attracted me to his profile. His occupation is a gemologist. And I did a lot of that when I was younger, you know, working for the jewelry stores. So it was something that I knew a little bit about. I thought, well, this would be interesting. We'd have a common interest. But the picture he used in his profile is not the picture he eventually started using. Oh, is it a totally different person? or I think it was a totally different person. He looks a lot older in the first picture. And I said, that doesn't really look like you. And he said, well, that was right after my wife died. I haven't been able to track that picture down just yet, but I have a lot of messages and things to go through. You remember when I asked you, you said you were going to Skype with him one night. And I said, can I Skype with you? And I said, no, right? Yeah. He wanted me to keep this quiet and not tell anybody. Well, yeah. I told everybody. (laughs) That's all you wanted to talk about. I mean, just like me when I met Matt, that's all I wanted to talk about, too. I asked him the other day, I said, what am I going to get out of this relationship? I have to say one thing, whether he was lying or not, he has been very supportive in this disease. Like, I don't want you to talk like that. You're going to make this. We're going to beat it, which has helped. Yeah, help keep your spirits up. Yes. He says, we're going to have a life together because you're going to beat this. But I'm on to him now. I'm just trying to find things out about him. I'll never get my money back. 
And if I don't text him within a few days or something, he gets real nervous. Why? I don't have anything for him. Maybe he's afraid I, you'll go to authorities. That's what I'm thinking, April. <laughs> it's hard, I know. Imagine if it were me being scammed and you knew it. Oh, you mean like when you wanted to marry JD? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean then? Yeah, I do understand. Totally, totally, totally. Right, and you did hold your tongue, didn't you? I didn't want to, but I did. Do you think scammers damage family relationships? Oh, yeah. Women are too stupid to see the light, so they take the side of the scammer. And, yeah, and the kids and the – well, just like our situation. Everybody else is going, can't you see? Can't you see? Or they're thinking it. And then uh, they lose everything. You lose your identity, your integrity. You think you've lost your mind because you can't come to the realization that they are a scammer. What's wrong with me that I can't see that? Think about that a lot. Do you think it would have happened to you if you were in your 30s or 40s? I don't know. I I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. There's just got to be a way women can figure this out when they're online. There's got to be a way. Well, first of all, the online companies need to do a better job of policing their own sites. I contacted Plenty of Fish. They didn't do anything or say anything, did they? They said you'd have to contact them. Oh. And I was like, okay, that door closed right there. On Gerald, though. Yeah. Not on the other two, because the other two were Plenty of Fish, too. Okay, so you had one from India, one from Brazil, and where was the other one from? Netherlands. Mm. And you talked to all of them on the phone or just two? Just the two. Yeah. The guy from the Netherlands, oh, he had to go to Dubai. Dubai. That was his place that he had to go because he was in oil. He had an oil tanker full of oil to come to the United States, Mm -hmm. and they were not letting anything out. And I guess that's when I got even more suspicious. I either got more suspicious about Gerald or more confirmed that he wasn't a scammer. (laughs) He wasn't like those other guys. Oh, boy. As I play this interview back, I go from mad to sad, mad to sad. I asked him the other day. He's talking about trying to get home and everything. And I said, well, why don't you just do another con? That's a great question. And he said, I don't have a position. A position? Evidently, in the way he has to have some part of the lie has to be true. That way it's easier to keep the lie going and not get caught. I can see that. And remember what you said. The first thing I asked him when I determined he was using somebody else's identity is, uh, is your wife really gone? Is she dead? Are you married? He said, no, no, no. He could be. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you doing this, mom. I'm not going to air it. I'm going to hold on to it. I promised my brother I wouldn't air this until after her death. Then she kept me on the phone for a few more minutes. Okay. I, I need to talk to you about something. Okay. Oh, she had a big fit last night, and I've got to get out of here, April. If I'm going to live at all, i got to get out of here. She's mad about the money. I'm not splitting the bills. Yeah. I don't have it to split. She wants me out. We'll have to figure it out. And The long-term objective is for me to be out in my own little place, and we have a better life together that way. I jumped on the phone with my brother, and we decided to get her out of my aunt's house and bring her to my brother's house in Dallas, just a few hours from me. She died the morning she was supposed to leave. Her other sister went to pick her up, walked into her room at 7 that morning to pack up the car and bring her to Dallas. My aunt found my mother on the floor. She'd fallen out of bed, didn't have a pulse. Now, my brother and I are left with the guilt of not letting her come to live with me after she admitted her money was gone. We just had one stipulation, though, and that was she couldn't talk to scammers under my roof. She refused, so she went to live with my aunt. I did contact the FBI office in St. Louis, where I know that she sent money. I also called the new federal hotline. They sent me back to the IC3 website. 
This was the strangest experience, listening to my mother's voice on this interview days after she died. It's still hard for me to believe what happened. I had the most normal upbringing and family until my mom got online. I wondered what my mother's death would do for my passion on this podcast and the subject. Would I still feel the need to share and discover after she was gone? The answer is yes. Actually, it's only fueled the fire. I'll let you know if I hear anything back from the FBI. If you have a story you'd like to share on this podcast, email scammerstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to my story, Scammer Warriors.